This is MMA Torch editor Jamie Pennick, and this is the Torch Audio News Brief for Tuesday, April 13th, 2010. It's um, just some uh, quick news updates today and uh, some possible uh, uh, follow-up to the UFC 112 event as um, BJ Penn uh, told a radio show in Washington, D.C. this morning that uh, he's expecting, or, or that the, the UFC contacted him about an immediate rematch um, uh, against Frankie Edgar, Edgar for the UFC uh, lightweight championship. Uh, Penn said that uh, he, he thinks the, the fight will take place possibly in the next three, three to four months at the most. Uh, and uh, while nothing is official, he said uh, he thinks they want to put the rematch together and that that is in the works. Of course, um, Gray Maynard and uh, Kenny Florian um, are both uh, up for a possible uh, shot against Edgar. Maynard would be the most likely, other than Penn, to get it if Penn doesn't get the immediate rematch, um, as he already holds a victory over Frankie Edgar. Uh, Maynard um, said that he texted Joe Silva saying he wanted the title fight, um, he said he'll fight whoever they want to, but um, the UFC knows that he wants to fight for the belt. Uh, Kenny Florian came out and talked about how uh, Frankie's win at UFC 112 made the uh, made things a lot more interesting in the division and um, confirmed that the 155-pound weight class is the most difficult in the world. Uh, just said that if you look at the skill and the competitiveness in, in the division, that uh, it's the deepest and the best. And uh, he said he thinks Frankie's victory confirms that. And really, it's a lot of the same things that uh, um, I was saying in my editorial yesterday, just talking about the different matchups that are now available for the UFC should they choose to put it together. And, uh, well, I'm I'm 100% behind an immediate rematch because I think the fight was that close. I thought Penn uh, – I, I still think Penn should have won that uh, decision. Um there's, I mean, it, it was it was such a close fight and really could have gone either way with that third round being really the decider um, as the fourth was either an even or you could have given a slight edge to Edgar. Some people still gave it to Penn. I did uh, while watching it live. Rewatching it, I can see that one being uh, a 10-10 round. Um, but, it, I mean, there's arguments that can be made for the third, fourth, and fifth going to Edgar. So with such a close fight... Um, an immediate rematch makes sense, and uh, it's a fight that if they can get it together and get a card together for Hawaii, it would be a major, major selling event. Um, I don't know whether they'll be able to put that together uh, in time for an August or September um, date, but if they do, this would be a perfect headliner. Uh, otherwise, it could end up on the uh, end of August um, Boston card. And uh, Kenny Florian against Gray Maynard would be an excellent co-main event in the lightweight division, should they choose to go that route. Um, and uh, it, it also um, came out from Penn's trainer, a little bit of a um, reasoning as to why uh, Penn seemed off. I mean, everyone watching the fight, it, it looked like Penn was not himself. He wasn't the same fighter. We had seen against uh, Diego Sanchez and Kenny Florian his last couple of times out. Um, his trainer, Rudy Valentino, um, told CagePotato.com that, that Penn had been battling a sinus infection and was on antibiotics and wasn't able, wasn't able to train for a couple of weeks. And um, 
you know, a lot of people are taking it as uh, more and more excuses from Penn's camp, which, you know, it, it's technically an excuse, but it's a good excuse. It's a good reason for why he fought the way he did, because it was clear he was off uh, his game, and, and earlier it was not um, the best B.J. Penn we've ever seen. And uh, I think it speaks volumes that even still there are as many people as there um, there are right now that believe that Penn still won that fight, regardless of um, being slowed down and, and whatever was affecting him. So, um, I mean, people will deride it as an excuse, and I'm already, you know, I've been uh, getting called a, a BJ Penn nut hugger and a, a, a Penn, um, a blinded Penn fan, but, I mean, the fact of the matter is I was very much on the side of GSP during Grease Skate, and uh, I, I wrote many uh, uh, pieces and commentaries on um, Penn's ridiculous assault uh, uh, against St. Pierre during that, and um, the excuse, I, what I thought were the excuses he was making there. So I've been on the other side of this argument. I'm not um, trying to st- stick with this line of thinking he won the fight out of some blind fan loyalty to Penn. I, I've watched the fight three times now. I, I've seen it for Penn every time. There's people that have watched the fight three times and seen it every time for Edgar. I mean, there's just arguments back and forth both ways. And I think with a fight that close that, uh, you know, having another fight to see uh, um, what the result is the second time around uh, makes a lot of sense. The rematch makes sense. Uh, I mean, it's the same reason why uh, Mauricio Shogunhua and Lyoto Machida are, are getting a rematch because that's another fight that I... I scored, and pretty much everyone else scoring it scored for the man that didn't win. So um, that, that's another fight we're getting as well. So getting BJ Penn uh, an immediate rematch just makes sense in this situation because the fight was so close. Um, uh, other news today, the Vancouver event, um, UFC 115, it will be Chuck Liddell and Rich Franklin. Uh, tickets went on sale to UFC Fight Club members today in a pre-sale. And they sold out in 30 minutes. It is officially the fastest sellout of a UFC event ever, um, according to the organization, as they released, uh, as they put out a press release for that as well. Um, Dana White posted it on his Twitter page earlier today, saying Vancouver sold out in 30 minutes. Thank you, Vancouver. We worked hard on getting it there, and thank you, Mayor Robertson. So, um, the Canadian fans come out in droves for the UFC, and they put a lot of money down in the states. Uh, put a lot of money down in Montreal. Uh, this sellout beats the previous best, which was the UFC's first trip to Montreal uh, at UFC 83. Um, and so uh, it, it's clear that Canada is a hotbed for mixed martial arts, and um, another reason that uh, uh, Ontario needs to <laughs> uh, get MMA regulated so the UFC can hit up Toronto as well, because that is the um, that is the major, major uh, city in Canada that they want to uh, get to. Uh, just as much as New York is uh, the biggest uh, city that they want to get to here in, in the U.S., Toronto is just as well what they want to do in Canada. So, um, it's, it, again, it's, it's a big sign of the U.S.C.'s popularity in Canada and should be uh, a wake-up call to officials in Ontario for how much money uh, the UFC events can bring into the city because already selling out 30 minutes in, 
They're going to have a packed house at the GM place in uh, Vancouver. They're going to have uh, people in the city for the week's festivities. They're going to have just a, a ton of uh, tourism and, uh, and fanfare coming through that city that are going to put money that, that's going to put money into the city. That's going to do um, wonders for the local businesses and uh, hotels and everything that's going on with it. So um, big, big for Vancouver. Uh, of course, it came out yesterday that uh, Chuck Liddell would be fighting Rich Franklin, and uh, as such, um, Tito Ortiz and Chuck both hit up Twitter today with multiple posts. Um, actually, it was late last night, but started with Tito saying, I haven't lied to anyone. I was told not to say anything. Having a chance to be sued for $5 million was not a chance I wanted to take. So watch Tough 11 and see what happens. I was just doing what I was told for once. Sorry. Um, Liddell said something similar, saying, I had no choice. Uh, when I started the show, I was assured that he'd fight me at the end, and I was pissed and have done as little interviews as I could since I knew. So both guys were just keeping to their confidentiality agreements, which is absolutely fine. There's nothing wrong with them uh, trying to skirt the issue. Uh, Liddell used phrases such as, as far as I know, I'm fighting Tito Ortiz. He wasn't outright saying... I'm definitely fighting Tito Ortiz or guaranteeing that that was taking place. He, he didn't do what Dana White did and say a week before this release came out that uh, that's definitely the main event that's uh, definitely going to happen. Um, so, I mean, I mean, I completely understand that take of it. Um, my whole opinion against Dana White yesterday was the fact that he just flat out lied uh, when there are many other ways to answer the questions or skirt the issue to... Um, not reveal anything that happens on Tough. I mean, they're still going by the party line of, I can't reveal anything that happened. You'll just have to watch to find out. But Rich Franklin is standing in. Rich Franklin will be fighting Chuck Liddell uh, at UFC 115. Um, so that's where uh, where that stands. Finally, a little WEC news, the, um, also Canada news. The WEC 49 event is coming eight days after uh that UFC 115 event in Vancouver. Um, the WEC 49 event comes June 20th to uh, uh, the Rexall place in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Uh, this will be the WEC's first trip to Canada. Uh, that is uh, the home of the NHL's Edmonton Oilers. Um, so uh, another probably 17 to 20,000 seat venue, um, considering NHL configurations. So... Um, uh, another chance for the UFC to, to do quite well, or this is WEC, a, a good chance for WEC to do quite well in attendance uh, for the Canadian fans, another major organization making a trip up there, um, and should be a good card just based on the, the fighters that are going to be um, likely for the card, as uh, Canadians Chris Hordeski, Mark Hominick, and Eve Javuin are all expected to fight on the card, and then... Um, Josh Grisby is expected to make his return in a fight against Elsie Davis on the card. Um, that's a really, really good featherweight fight. Josh Grisby is a highly exciting fighter, very young, but he, he hasn't fought since uh, WEC 41, where he choked out Jens Pulver in 33 seconds. He had an ankle injury coming into that fight that he ended up getting surgery on afterward, so uh, that took him out for a lengthy period of time, but he's returning. Elsie Davis is coming off a victory over Davidas Torres um, both fighters are 3-0 in the WEC. Very, very big featherweight fight. 
um, to move one of them even closer to a title shot. So exciting stuff for the WEC 49 event as uh, WEC 48 makes its way to pay-per-view next Saturday. So um, that's all I've got for today. Be sure to tune in the rest of the week. We'll have uh, previews and predictions for Saturday's Strike Force on CBS card. We'll have more on the fallout from UFC 112 last weekend. Um, I know there will be some opinion articles uh, coming up on Anderson Silva and um, more on um, what possibly uh, the, the UFC can do with Silva uh, following his third straight uh, title defense that has left a lot to be desired. But that's all coming forward the rest of the week. And, uh, of course, all of the news and um, everything coming around the world of MMA heading into uh, Saturday's Strikeforce return to CBS with Dan Henderson and Jake Shields in the main event. And then, of course, next weekend is WEC 48 on pay-per-view, which uh, we will have live coverage for all of those events. And uh, um, then it's only uh, a weekend off before we get back into action with UFC 113 and the return of uh, both Mauricio Shogunhua and Lyoto Machida in a rematch from their belt last October. So that's all I've got for today. Thanks once again for listening in. This is Jamie Fennick signing off.